Hey friends, this is your friend Kyle Coleman, and I want to welcome you to Are We Still Friends, the podcast where I dig into the brains of fascinating friends. Oftentimes I haven't gotten to catch up with these friends in a while, and like we all do, I sometimes wonder, are we still friends? Yelena Afanasyev is an actor, director, and producer. She graduated with a BA in theater arts and has been performing for 10 plus years. She directed, produced, and created an improvised play about choices called Impact. She is a first-generation immigrant. Her parents are from Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, making English her second language. Yelena has a dog named Mishka, and her favorite dish is pho. Impact opens June 3rd, 2022, and you can purchase tickets at impactimprov.com. I am. Um, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous doing <laughs> okay. these. I think I'm more nervous than anybody coming in here because I'm like, oh, I want to make this perfect and like. You're doing great. Thank you. I gotta say, thank you're you. doing really great. Thank you. Yeah. But I kind of just want to go through like where we met, if you remember how exactly we met, and I don't. You don't? I, I, well, I don't. I don't know if I either. <laughs> I said it like, wow, I yeah. can't believe you don't remember. You're so mad at me. <laughs> I don't know if I remember either. I do remember the first time I saw you, though. Okay. I uh, You had short hair. Yes. I do remember this. You were at the Brody Theater mm-hmm. Improv. Yep. And I do remember, I don't remember what show you were in, but I remember seeing you on stage and I was like, there's the guy that everyone's going to have a crush on. <laughs> he's a cute little guy, like doing some improv. He's talented. And I don't think we talked at all, though. But mm. I remember watching you a lot at the Brody. Yeah. And then I don't remember. I feel like I was thinking it was Brody, too. And I wondered if it was like Mom Jeans or something that was performing there. You, it may have even been like, did you did y'all do theater sports as a team? Um, like in the tournament there? I did theater sports as a team with another team, not Mom Jeans. What was the other team? I'm... It was Afternoon Delight. Yes. <laughs> it was my college team. Yeah. Were you in theater sports? I Maybe did. we played against you. Maybe, yeah, because I was always either on the Brody team or played with like Five Finger Discount, which was like Malcolm and Jason. Yes, I remember that. that. It may have been that. That sounds more familiar now. Yeah. But, like, I don't remember us, like, yeah, like officially hi, me, I'm yeah. Elena, you're Kyle. Right. Yeah, I don't remember That's kind that. of how it is with everybody with me. I'm just like, I remember this this vague memory of seeing you somewhere, and then we were, like, good friends. Yeah. I don't, yeah. There's no in-between. No, nothing. Maybe there was no development time. We were just like, you know what? We're good friends. <laughs> and that's it. That's how it's going to work. Yep. Yeah, we're just, we have... just going to jump there. Yeah. We're going to skip all the pleasantries. Yeah, we don't need like, it. We're, we're good. We know each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, how did you get started? Because I don't know your history with performing and theater and and what have you. I don't think I've ever heard the story of what got you into this shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I feel like I used to make my own, my films with barring my parents' camcorder. And I used to make, I, this is very embarrassing, but I um, filmed a one woman movie reenacting The Ring, the horror film The Ring. Yes. Very embarrassing. It's still out there. I will never show anybody. But is it findable? Like if I'm I... going to say no. Okay. But it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I want to say no because I never want anyone to see it. <laughs> anyway, but I was obsessed with like being dramatic, I think. Sure. <laughs> and then, so flash forward, I didn't really pursue it at all or didn't think that was like even possible for some reason. I'm like, my parents never encouraged me either. And then my high school was like placed into four different schools. It was like part of the Bill Gates project or something to like end violence in school. Didn't work. Um, (laughs) Good job. Yeah. Good job, Bill Gates. Yeah. I was placed in the business and sports school and you know me, Kyle. If nothing else, you were a business person (laughs) and a sports person. Yeah. That, it makes sense. It makes sense. Does not. And I tried to switch to the, like, the the performing arts school, and they wouldn't allow it. They didn't let me. And I was like, fine, I guess I'll go audition for the play. And I wasn't even allowed to do that. And I auditioned, didn't get in. They were like, who is this stupid girl? And then I was like, fine, I'll audition again. And auditioned again and got in, which was pretty wild for the time, because... I was somebody from a different school inside or get, got cast in the play, which was a Christmas Carol. So from then on, I kept auditioning and kept getting and got the lead role. 
like by the end of it. And yeah, I was entranced by acting, by theater, just the whole process. It was very exciting. Um, and then improv was kind of like a side thing. And then college, I took improv classes there. And then so on. Yeah. I just kept going. Right. So you started out with more heavily scripted stuff. Yes. Was there a point where you're like, improv, nah, I'm not interested in that? Because <laughs> um, you do so much of that now. I know. That, and you, when's the last time you did a scripted oh thing? Oh my God. Uh, like 2018, I think. It's been a while. Yeah. Which I honestly prefer scripted. I love improv. Love improv. I think it's a very accessible thing and very, just sort of very exciting thing that you get to do with people whenever you want to do it, you know? But scripted, I love so much because I love like working on a script. I love working on a character. I love really breaking down things together. It's like, it feels a lot more collaborative. And I think improv is also collaborative, but I think it's just, I don't know, it's a fun process with scripts and seeing it over time or discovering something new over time is a very exciting thing for me. But I mean, so is improv, you know? Yeah. They're both good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think I ever was against improv ever. Sure. I was like, it was fun. But I also, I just hated the pressure of being funny because I, I never saw myself as a funny person. I mean, I, I, I'm goofy, but I never thought, well, she, you know, I have to be funny mm -hmm. anyway. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like between the, the movie making and doing the scripted work like you, and now you are a director and a producer of your own show. Yeah. Impact, of course, <laughs> which is coming soon. Check out at impact the play on instagram was that right Did yeah right? you're okay. just staring at me so hard i was like that. i was like i'm a part of this and i don't know exactly what it is i should have been prepared no you are prepared okay good i appreciate it yeah so at improv oh jeez sorry i fucked you up i'm you sorry ruined it. <laughs> at impact the play on instagram to get info on that but that opens in june so was that something that you wanted to pursue more too? Was the sort of directorial role in, in things mm. like that as you were going through, you know, your, your high school career and performing and your college career? Was that on your mind? Like, oh, I want to lead this stuff too, not just... I'm trying to remember where that came from. But I think, I don't know if I ever had like a super desire to lead, but I feel like a lot of teachers in my past have been like, you should be a leader. You are a leader. You have leadership qualities, blah, 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 and kind of pushed me to, to be a leader. And I, I don't know why I kind of pushed that away from myself for most of the time. Maybe it's probably because I didn't have a desire for it. Yeah, we could really dig into the like psyche. <laughs> I know. Like, what, what, is, what where's this coming from? What makes you a leader? Yeah. Where, <laughs> why don't you want to be a leader, right. Elena? What? I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I, I, again, like I, maybe this is the, just the way I lead, but I love collaborating. I love where everyone brings something to the table. That's so like much more exciting to me. And I guess directors are leaders in some way, but we're also, you know, a lot of people are wearing hats when they're doing, like there's the producer or the, like in film, there's more than just the director, right? So I feels like there's a lot of leaders in that. I love directing this for impact. Like I love directing impact yeah. because I focus so much on um, wanting improv play to feel like a theater play. And that, like, that's just my biggest goal, directing that show. Is like just really like putting like I mean you're cast in it and I want us all to feel like we're exercising those like theater muscles yeah how do you see you know you are performing in this as well and you're directing it and you're producing it you're, you're wearing all of those hats <laughs> for one single show yeah how is it being the director in your own show both mm. you know I guess I guess my question is two things how is it playing in your own show and two, what is it like to be a director and to watch this, especially a improvised play? What is, just give, give me a little like what, through your lens, how is that? Like being the director and the actor? Yeah. It's awkward. Mm. I will say, I think it is awkward just because <laughs> I want people to see me as the actor as well when I'm directing or like. I don't want it to feel like I'm giving notes within rehearsal or like while I'm on stage with you or and not like I give really specific notes either. But I I don't know it. it I think I make it awkward for myself and I just I just want it to feel like an equal ground. Like I never want to feel like I'm above anyone else. You're the, the director. director. Right. Like this is my show. We're doing it the way I want to yeah. do it. It's like, no, we're all equal. We all want to, you know, we all have our hand in this and 
I always love hearing what you all have to offer and like what your thoughts are on everything. And it does feel like it's our show. Like this cast feels like it's our show and like we really make this show. And yeah, I just, I directed just to make it fo feel like a, a theater play. Like somebody would really pay for to see this. And like, we could see the set of the play. You could see the props, you could see the costumes. And I just want that feeling to live and that's, pretty much it you know i want to ask you more about directing because that's something i haven't done a whole lot of Ooh, yeah i've co-directed with mariah for a show at, at brody which show green room oh i remember that yeah it was a show where it was basically on stage for the first half was in the green room before a show you know and we would mm -hmm. get the suggestion is it a rock show is it a what have you and then intermission would happen and that is when the quote unquote performance happened so you wouldn't see it mm -hmm. and then after intermission ends you would see the green room again post performance and the kind of fallout of what I happened during that. the performance so fun it was just Brilliant. like the entire show was seeing behind the curtain of what happens in a performance I love that so much it was so fun I would love to do that show again that someday. reminds me of that play oh god I just forgot the name of it but it has the same kind of vibe oh my god <laughs> what's the name of it well I thought we did something original but I guess not <laughs> I'm here to tell you that you've had no original thoughts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, oh, no, I don't remember the name of it. Anyway, that, but it, it has very similar vibes to that. How was that directing for you? How, like, because you said you have questions about directing, but how was that? Was that your first directorial, di directorial debut? Forgot how to speak for a second. That's okay. I do it all the time. That's why we have editing. <laughs> I, you know, I have to give credit to Mariah that she did most of the heavy lifting on that show. Uh, it was kind of a conceptual thing between the two of us. And so I got my name attached to it, really. But it was fun because you do have that sort of like, this is your baby. This is your vision of mm. what you want it to be. Yeah. And as same with you in improv, like all of improv is so collaborative that there is mm -hmm. no one person in charge. Right. But I do remember... It just being so fun to go in and push people past their limits was the best part of it. And being like, you, not that you can do better, but you right. can do something different that's going to challenge you or it's going to put you into a new situation that you haven't done before and really work different muscles. Mm -hmm. And then when I did the kids show that we did, that was more of my real self-directing. And I remember pushing everybody to do like character work, which is not a thing I typically do, but it's easy from the director's chair to sit there and go, take it up 10%. Mm -hmm. Like, try doing this. I've seen somebody do this. I bet you can do this. And it's just fun to watch. It's almost a teaching role. Yeah. And you, you, you end up having this fun time of like watching people learn and grow as performers. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, well said. Thank you. Um, and I do remember being directed by you. Now that I just I remember in that kid show, and I remember I was like, "Oh, this is so exciting! Kyle's directing." Yeah. <laughs> and you were so good. Thank you. You really were, and it did feel like you said teacher. I was like, that totally felt that way. And maybe it was because it was like a kids show, but yeah, I remember you have you had us do like very animalistic stuff, or like you made made us embody animals and stuff, and that was so fun. Yeah. And it was it was challenging for as an actor, and it was so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So what is yeah, what is that role like for you? What what are some some things that you've do you have any memories in your directing of and I'm not fishing for compliments, but of other performers. <laughs> other performers who aren't Kyle, me. You were so good. Yes, thank you. That's all I need. <laughs> do you remember moments of certain like activities or exercises that you've gone through that really clicked with people or or mm. anything along those lines that just you got to see something interesting as the yeah. director? I do remember last time I did it, I had a larger cast. It was in 2019. We had a larger cast and we had people in the cast who haven't done this kind of work, but I knew that they could. As a director, you know, I've watched other them and other things and I watched them and said, oh, I know they can do what we do. Like, and, and that sounds so stupid at the same time because I'm like, I, I don't know. It... <laughs> I, you don't see a lot of like theatrical improv and I think improv is always associated with comedy and associated with kind of like comedians doing like funny scenes together on stage. But what we do is like, it's more, it is, it's more grounded. It's and really focused on the acting aspect of it and um, creating a world together. And so when I brought in those people who normally do the comedic stuff 
and watching them grow and change and see what they can do. Like I've had people cry after rehearsal being like, oh my God, I felt that felt so real. I felt really like I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know that was in me or um, I really felt lost in the story. And like that stuff is so exciting to hear as a director and just being like, yeah, I know you can do it. <laughs> and you did it. And I, I'm trying to think of, honestly, the simplest thing to do is to like a, not even an activity, but it's just to have them do a grounded scene and be like, don't try to be funny. Don't, you know, you don't owe us anything. Just do it. Just focus on each other. And then they see, they start to bring out their own stuff into it. And that is way more exciting to me than anything else. And so I think the patience and the risk within that, I think that helps them grow. And like they, I don't know. But another exercise that just came to mind was um, like even just trust exercises. Having like people close their eyes and walk around the room and we all protect that person. And then there's the, the vulnerability kind of passing th thresholds in rehearsal as a cast and allowing ourselves to pass those thresholds. And once we do, we're allowed to do better scene work for it. And there's a lot more trust and risk and reward when we do that kind of work. I tend to do more activities like beginning of rehearsal, as you know, instead of scene work. And I have people kind of being like, when are we doing scene work? Like kind of waiting for some scene work. I'm like, just trust me, just trust me. Like we're gonna take our time, let's be patient because we really have to build a foundation first for us to do really good work. We're not gonna just jump right into it, you know? And so seeing people come out of that who have never done work like that, and, you know, messaging me privately and like talking about they did, you know, they love that kind of work. They didn't know they could do that kind of work. They didn't even know improv existed in that way. So I was like, good, great. And that feels good. Like, I'm glad I, I'm directing this then. <laughs> you can see what you're having. I'm trying not to use the word impact, but. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Be corny. What, what kind of impact <laughs> you're having on people. Oh, no. Yeah, from that, you kind of reminded me of times that the couple of times I've gotten to help teach improv mm. is that lesson of what are these these exercises aren't just to make you funny. They are they're things that obviously are, are strengthening skills, but also give you as a director the the ability to see what people are capable of. Mm. And so mm -hmm. an example of that would be like I learned in this co-teaching something as simple as like the clap circle you are seeing the people that are trying to take over mm. and take control or the people who are not thrusting themselves into this thing. And then you have that later on to sort of guide them. Yes. And, and it sounds like you do a lot of that. Yeah. I, I yeah, I definitely do. I, de you know, and I'm sure you do this too, but like you, as a teacher and director, you kind of, you take note, like mental note about, what, how you can push that one person to do something, or you notice a habit, or you notice something they're doing, or something they're really good at, you know? And being like, taking mental note and being like, okay, I know how to place this, or kind of just place, placing the puzzle pieces together later, or like separating them at first and then placing them together. Yeah, what's like, what, okay, so what's your favorite thing about directing? What's your least favorite thing about directing? Ooh, I think kind of going back to, for favorite thing, kind of the, just seeing people grow and seeing people do something different mm -hmm. and also just let their guard down and be like, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be going on stage doing this thing. And I trust that you have a vision for it and it's going to work out in the end. I think the hardest thing is that I don't feel like I have the authority to be telling anybody mm -hmm. like what they should be doing or what they could be doing better or, or anything along those lines. So it, it's hard to sometimes push as hard as I want to. Mm. Is that because you like, like the anxiety within yourself or is it because you feel like you just don't believe in that? Uh, more the anxiety in okay. myself. And, and I don't want people to be like, oh, what an ass. Like he's so conceited and like thinks he knows what he's talking about you know <laughs> no one would ever think that about you <laughs> that's just not kyle <laughs> yeah just like oh he's on a power trip now he's never had the power before now wow. jesus <laughs> he's changed he shows up with like the old timey director's costume and like <laughs> the big like bullhorn so, thing it's yes. like you do this now <laughs> actually i want you to do okay that, that would probably help <laughs> Okay, maybe shifting gears for a minute, we'll go to more personal life stuff. Okay. What do you do currently, and 
you know what pays the bills you're yeah. you're an artist with a day job as, yeah. as a lot of us are exactly i work at a law firm a downtown and i am a destruction specialist such a cool name yeah not a not as cool of a job I wish I was burning things in the furnace, but I'm not. I look through really old files that have been closed for years, decades even, and look for really important files within the file, make sure they're not destroyed. After that, I shred, and that's it. If you could have any role as a destruction specialist, like if that meant something else, what would it be? It, oh even God. even not in legal terms, in the legal world, just in the world, if you were called a destruction specialist, mm. what would that be? I immediately thought of like destroying really old, like beat up cars or, you know, they're like cars that don't work anymore. Like what, are the, what is that thing called where they put all the old cars? Like a junkyard? <laughs> Thank you, junkyard. Yes. Um, I like if they needed a person just like, just to do it, just to go to destroy it and knowing how to destroy it, not just destroying it, but you knew the, the best way to destroy it. That's where the specialist comes in, you know? I would love to destroy like really big things like just smashing something like to take your stress out onto something like that. Yes. That would be amazing. I know they have rooms like that and stuff. I haven't done that, but. That's something we all need to do. <sighs> Seriously. Yeah. What did you want to be growing up? I wanted to be a singer. I do remember wanting to be a singer for a long time. And I remember like singing in my bedroom to Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. My sister would catch me on camera, like very embarrassing. Do those videos still exist too? Yes, <laughs> they do. Yes. Yes, they do. Okay. You know, just unpacking some trauma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I wanted I wanted to be an actor and a singer, but for some reason there was like a voice in my head just being like, no, that's not a real thing. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really like aspire to be anything else because I was just like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I want. But I, I do remember my mom also saying that I wanted to be a cook at one point, which I have no cooking skills. Like I do have cooking skills, but I don't, I, I don't have like passion for cooking. So not there. I think I've always wanted to be a performer I and know. I was really shy too, which is like, so the opposite of what a shy kid would do. But that's also... You are a shy kid and you want to be different. Coming yeah. from being a shy kid, yeah. where you're like, I want to be anything but this. That the sort of polar opposite is, I want to be on a stage. I've never thought of it that way. Thank you for saying that. Because I had, yeah, I, I had never thought of it that way. That is so true. Just being like something else or just being loud for once and being like, yeah, people can hear me. Right. <laughs> people are paying attention to yeah. me. I am the captain <laughs> now. <laughs> I do have this embarrassing story one time that my, uh, when my sister's birthday, it was my sister's birthday. They sang her happy birthday with uh, candles and stuff. And this is all in video too. My parents took a lot of video. We were a big video house. And I started singing happy birthday to myself and made everybody listen. And they lit a candle for me. And there's this whole thing that I sing happy birthday to myself on my sister's birthday. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. I yeah, need this wait. attention too. Yeah. So, like little sister energy. <laughs> Just being like, pay attention to me. <laughs> this is my turn. <laughs> yeah. But my parents like to bring that up too. I'm sure that's one you'll never be allowed to forget. Mm -hmm. So tell me about growing up then. In, so you grew up in Woodburn. I did. Yeah. Woodburn, Oregon. Is there anything town. worth talking about Woodburn? Well, I think Woodburn's really interesting, especially our school system, because I grew up, English is my second language, and I grew up taking Russian, I did like Russian school from kindergarten to sixth grade, basically. And that, that was the cool thing. It was our public school. We had Russians, uh, school, Spanish school, and like English school. So like your kid could sign up for any of that. Even if your kid was a Spanish speaking student, they sign up for a Russian class, they start to learn Russian and basically are like trilingual um, or essentially trilingual because we, we still learn English also, um, like ESL or whatever. I remember doing ESL. So yeah, that a lot of students do are like trilingual in Woodburn, which is really cool. Is there a large Russian community in, in Woodburn? Huge. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like, it was like my school was mostly Hispanic and most, uh, and Russian. It was really, really cool. I mean, uh, yeah, the Russian community was um, not my favorite because it was a, it was like old believer Russian community, which 
they like to make it known that I didn't fit in because I wasn't in the religion, essentially. Uh, so it was very complicated. <laughs> sure. But I large bet. community, yeah. We had like a whole Russian village in Woodburn. It's like between towns. It's like Woodburn and Jervis. There's like this whole Russian village where all the Russians live. And there's like the church there too. There's like a person who sews all the dresses and shirts and stuff. I don't know how much, I'm sure a lot has changed since I've left, but it was really fascinating. And like telling people that today, people are very confused. They're like, what? Russian old believer? Like, what are you talking about? And like, they'll see the uh, women in head headdresses and stuff. And my sister wears one. And it's just, it's like a lot of people just don't know about it. Yeah. Which is fair because it's a, not a large community in the U.S. It's so kind of dispersed into small towns. And even being from this area myself, like I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Did Have you ever seen Old Believers or at all? I've seen some around because yeah. um, I do see with the, the headdress and, and just the dress style. Yeah. I've seen some of that around and every once in a while, but I just figured it was kind of your one-off type, you know, anybody, you know, anywhere would see that in any part of the country because it would exist. But yeah. I didn't know that we had such a, a population nearby. Yeah. You know, I knew we do more like Vancouver, I think. Yeah. Is, is that right? Or somewhere? Uh, Old Believer? Not necessarily, but just but like, like a, just more of a Russian, Russian community. community. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Washington has a huge uh, Russian community. Canada has a lot. Alaska, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and New York definitely has a lot. Yeah. Like my parents... Um, when they were immigrating here, they had the, they had to decide between New York City and Woodburn, Oregon, <laughs> and so they're like, I guess we'll do Woodburn, Oregon. It's less scary. <laughs> <laughs> they came from where? Kyrgyzstan, Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, which is a country right underneath Kazakhstan, next to Uzbekistan, and near China. Now that would be east of ukraine yes i could pull up a map just to make this easy but i'm testing but i appreciate that (laughs) i should know this (laughs) i like to be tested do you Uh, have any family ties and is it okay to talk about that right now as as terms of what's going on in the world yeah i don't have any family in ukraine luckily but yeah i am learning more and more these days that i'm actually a lot more ukrainian than i thought my mom even the other day said that she doesn't even know she has any like russian blood in her she thinks she's like mostly ukrainian and belarusian i think i hope i'm saying that right i only know how to say it in russian um how do you say it in russian belarus yeah yeah Belarusian? Was that right? I don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I never hear people say that. So no. I don't know. So yeah, I we don't have family out there. Yeah, and then also my grandma just told me recently that her dad is from Ukraine and like he was like his he and his family were kicked out of Ukraine because it was like the hierarchy was like was like only the rich and kick out the poor. I don't I'm not sure about that history. I don't really know, but that's what she was telling me. And so she's like more Ukrainian than I ever knew. I'm just learning so much about my origins, I guess. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. I had no idea. Like, it's weird to call myself Ukrainian sometimes because I've, I speak Russian and I grew up learning Russian and, um, Russian traditions and yeah, just not had no idea. Yeah, no family or anything. We're, we are, you know, it's it sucks for the our family in Russia yeah. because they're uh, losing a lot of stuff, unfortunately. But that's just the way it's going, I guess. Yeah. What was the deciding factor for your parents to to leave that area? So it was 1993. So it was a little bit before that, the, it was like collapsing the government and everything because it was, you know, controlled by the USSR and that all was just collapsing to, and the gov- there was like non-existent government there. And my parents were very unsafe. It was a very unsafe place to live at the time. And my parents were like robbed, like our whole apartment was robbed. They were trying to kidnap my sister. I know my sister was four at the time and she was at luckily at a daycare that day. And I don't, my dad would never go into fully why they were trying to like kidnap my sister and like what he was involved with, which I want to know so bad. So after that, they, oh, I mean, even during that, but I, uh, they were trying, they wanted to flee. They were like, we need to, you know, we want a better life. I was in my mom's stomach at the time and my mom was eight months pregnant with me. And they're like, okay, we're leaving. Now's we're, the time. Now's the time. They traveled all through Europe, all the way to Woodburn, Oregon, from from Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan to Woodburn, Oregon, which is so 
far. It, my mom was eight months pregnant. I cannot, I still cannot believe that my mom was eight months pregnant traveling that far. And they came to Woodburn. They only had $30 in their pocket. The first thing my dad bought was a blanket for me and a bag of oranges for like good luck. It was like a good luck thing, I guess. And they moved into a house. My, they're relatives of ours. And it was my dad's, my, our family and my dad's twins family and that family that lived in that house. And it was like a very haunted old house. And we all lived in that house for like the first year, I think, living here in the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Packed house. Yeah. My sister and my cousin had to sleep on the couch like feet to feet. And there were like two infants. Oh, yeah, that's so wild to think about. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. It's such an interesting thing, always hearing stories of people coming from elsewhere mm -hmm. and settling in America. And, and so often it is times like that where it's just, all right, we've got literally nothing. Yeah. Now we're starting completely. I can't imagine. And they didn't... They didn't speak English at all. Oh, wow. So they didn't they didn't know English. Luckily, we had some family out here. So also the Russian community, you know, helped them around because they were bilingual. You know, they knew mostly English. My, I was just at my grandpa's funeral in January and one guy came up to me and he was like, oh, I was there when you were born. Like I was there when you were being delivered. He was like, I was your mom's translator. And I was like, oh, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I was there. I was like, okay, cool. I don't know who you are. But nice to meet nice you again. Yeah, thank you for being my mom's translator. <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. Yeah. So what was it like then growing up as, you know, English second language? Mm. Uh, so you didn't start learning English until you were, you were like six or something? Is that, I, did, I, yeah. did I hear that earlier? Well, I, my first English, like full on class besides the ESL was in sixth grade. Sixth grade, that's what you but said. But I learned English like, through friends and like the friends I was making through my sister too, because my sister didn't do Russian school, which is weird. I don't know why they did that differently. But yeah, my sister kind of taught me a lot of English words and neighbors learned through them. So I kind of like, I had an accent growing up and then kind of went away when I started having like full on English classes. And like, I always wanted to speak English over Russian all the time. Cause I was like, it's easier. <laughs> I'm just so fascinated by that because I, you know, I, I think often uh, every once in a while of like your, you know, your family history because I've heard that it's so fascinating and I've always wanted to sit down and just know more Aww. about it. And also coming from like my mom coming from another country, but, you know, English speaking. Yeah. What, what, what country is your mom from? Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Does she have an accent? She can. She can? Yes. <laughs> I like that. She can. I saw her this morning and uh, my niece and nephew were there and they were like, can you use your accent? And trying to get her to do it. And she's Aww. like, I think she was basically trying to tell him, like, it has to kind of warm up now. That it doesn't, oh. she... Yeah, it doesn't click. Doesn't, right like... Away. And I remember growing up that she would be on the phone with people and would be on the phone with her mom, who still lived there, or mm -hmm. um, her sisters, and would just start to come out while she's on the phone. Aww. And... I love that. Yeah, it's, it's really cute. It's, it's neat to see whenever she does it, because yeah. it's like, oh, this is a part of the person that I don't know. This is something from her past. That's and so cool. Yeah, so she was, she was saying a couple things this morning, and, you know... Aww. I wish I could do the accent, but I, I can't. I, <laughs> I wish, can't either. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, yeah, what I was saying was I just find it interesting, like like I was saying, just knowing anybody's story coming to a new country, and especially to America, that is what it is and not always the most welcoming place. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what did you experience with that? And I imagine, too, this kind of just clicked into my brain, Russians being villainized so much in media <laughs> Like, especially yeah. like through the 80s and, mm -hmm. you know, thanks all the movies, James Bond movies yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Like, did you experience any kind of hate and, you know, misplaced dislike of you because you were Russian, <laughs> because you had an accent? Like what? Just to get into the negative. Yeah, weed, no, no, it's no. Like, it's, it's, just, it's fun to talk about because. Well, now it's fun to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I guess I feel like I didn't really realize it then. Also, you know, I, it didn't affect me that hard. But yeah, I always, always, it was an always old white dude, always an old white man who would always be like, oh, like they just, oh, you're Russian. I'm going to make all these Russian jokes at you. Like from the top. 
And I'm like, okay. And I remember one time I was so confused and there was like this teacher, it was like assistant teacher. And he came up to me and he was like, he's like, so uh, are you a white Russian or a red Russian? And I was like, I didn't, and I just had no clue. And I was kind of, I was too young to even really understand what he said to me. And I was like, I, I think I'm white Russian. What do you, I don't know what you're talking about. And he just started laughing. He thought it was so funny. And yeah, I hate, I hate that we're, um, I don't like that the Russians are always villainized because it overshadows a lot of the Russians struggling within the country, I feel like. Because there are a lot of, like, it's easy to paint a whole country and be like, oh, they're all like this. You know, if Putin's this way, they're all like this. Which there are a lot of people living in a lot of fear. And we don't get to, I feel like we don't ever see that. We don't ever see, like, a LGBTQ plus character or a, a Russian who's, like, very against everything that Putin represents. Or just, like, a very kind Russian. Like, the one time... A Stranger Things, uh, I don't remember what season, is it season two, three? I don't remember. There was a Russian character in there and it was like, started out kind of bad, but then you start to love him and he was like very kind and sweet and I was like, wow, I don't feel like I've ever seen that. That's pretty cool. Besides like Tom Hanks playing a Russian in the movie or something. But yeah, it's honestly, it's kind of inspired me to think about like if I had to write uh, like a TV show about like my growing up or like what a Russian family looks like, or I don't know. I feel like you don't often see that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's normally very, it's represented in a very mean, cold hearted way. So I was like, how oh, would I do that? How would I, I could change that. And how would I, but that's just kind of the conversations I've had in my head about it. I'm tired yeah. of it. Honestly, tired of it. Tired of the, the bad Russian thing. It's such a cliche and so (sighs) unoriginal and boring. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's so boring. Exactly. What are just some things that you can share that to kind of give a good impression of of Russian culture? Like what are cool things that people don't get to know about that that you loved growing up? Like what are some of your favorite, you know, holiday things, traditions, what have you that that are just, I I love knowing any other kind of culture that because America has no culture and... (laughs) You know, it has some, and, but yeah. yeah, but like I just love, especially traditions that have been brought over from somewhere else and and preserved here, you know, within the family, yeah. and things like that. The thing I, growing up, never appreciated it, you know, because I I felt like I was always embarrassed by my family, and I just because a lot of my friends didn't have what I was growing up with and like I was just very embarrassed about how loud my family was or just passionate we come off and yeah I just didn't appreciate it so now looking at it and I started to appreciate the passion that Russians have and I I know that's not a tradition but it's something that America like or American culture lacks is like being honest and passionate about like just like when someone's t- like even just a conversation between people sometimes it feels very surfaced in american culture and then or like surface level and with russian it's like no nah, let's really speak from our hearts really truthfully openly honestly and it, there feels like there's a lot of respect at the same time it doesn't feel like it's like no i'm gonna hurt your feelings i'm gonna be really honest it's like i want to paint with my words I want to paint this picture for you with my words and you're going to see it with me. And that's something I really appreciate now. And I remember just hearing the conversations around the table and it just felt so poetic and felt so colorful and, and everyone's like either laughing or crying. Like there'll be tears shed. There'll be laughing till you're snorting, like your drinks out and then or just there's just so obnoxious and fun and loud and like people will toast and they'll toast to like they'll recite a poem sometimes and like there I think that in itself is kind of a tradition of just being like let's be present in this moment with each other over food and drinks and that's it and it, like I've just I've never seen like other families I'm that's I mean in my experience I haven't seen other like American families be that way or even in the friendships I've had like it's 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 never reached a level like that where it feels like a very freeing like human experience I don't know that sounds so weird but no no, not at all I I totally understand what you mean there's such a closed offness to Mm -hmm. most Americans where they just don't yeah you you don't get a deeper connection yeah it's very surface level yeah 
that is something that I noticed going back to Ireland with my mom was just how open people are and how welcoming people mm. are in. And I'm, yeah, it's sounding like a very similar yeah. thing where it's just like, no, come in here. You're part of the family too. I love that. Yeah. You said you, when you went to Ireland, mm-hmm. you, okay. So do you have family in Ireland? I do. Yeah. Cool. So how are the, what are the, what are some traditions in Ireland that you really enjoy? A good story is we went there as a family in 2013, I believe it was, and all of us together. And I think that was the first time my whole family had gone together. At one point, my mom wanted to go see her childhood home. And so we drove to where it was at, and it's this beautiful house on the corner of this this street. And we park, and we get out of the car, and we're on the sidewalk, and we're kind of looking at the house. And up on the side of it, there was a stained glass window on the second level that was really beautiful. And she was like, yeah, that's at the top of the stairs when you go up. And we're standing there looking at it. We had been there a couple minutes maybe, and the person comes out of the house and it's just like, hey, how's it going? And we're, and my mom's like, oh, good. This is just the house I grew up in. And they're like, come on in. Wow. Took us inside, oh. gave us tea and, and biscuits and, and the whole, you know, just that is one of their things. And I kept noticing that over and over was everywhere you went, everyone was like, please come into my home so I can share food and drink with you and just get to know you. I love that. And I was like, can you imagine that happening in this country? Like, no. you you standing outside somebody's house mm. and them not coming out and being like, the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just these total strangers on the street oh. and they decided, come on in. That is so And we kind. were there for hours. Wow. Just hanging out with them. Wow. Yeah. That's such an amazing story. Yeah. That is so, so cool. kind. Yeah. Did she get to like walk about the house and yeah. stuff? Got to walk around, let us take pictures of, oh of different things. God. So, like, I took a picture of the the window, and now she has a print of that and, you know, hanging up oh. on her wall. So That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you – a very similar thing for yeah. you is just – Do you still have family over – anywhere over there? Yeah. have family in Russia. Uh, my uncle, my dad – or my mom's brother lives in, like, near Moscow – with his wife and two kids. And you've gotten to visit them. Yes, I did. Which, I when I visited Moscow, I was like, I'm never coming back to Moscow. I hate Moscow. Give me the I, dirt on it if oh, you want to. Oh, my God. Okay, picture New York. Have you been in New York City? Yes. Okay. So, New York City, but it's like post-apocalyptic, just... Re- I don't know if post-apocalyptic is good, but it, it just has like a whole... Like a real dirty, like dirtier than New York City. And I don't know how that's possible. Right, Annie? And I I went to Moscow before I went to New York City (laughs) (laughs) and rode the metro in Moscow. (sighs) Such a horrifying horrifying experience. And then I went to New York City like after Moscow and rode the subway there. And I was like, wow, this is really clean. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is a lot nicer than (laughs) metro in Moscow. Yeah, if you're looking at the New York subway and being like, I know. hey, what a pristine, nice <laughs> place to be, then yeah, that's got to be pretty yeah, bad. It's bad. Moscow, like, it feels like it has like a like a fog of fear. Like Ooh. it's always, there's always like a fog of fear everywhere you're go- like walking about. Like even in like the like the Wall Street area. Like I mean, I mean, who wouldn't have fear there? But <laughs> there's just there's this always like icky feeling. When you're walking around in Moscow. Was yeah. there was there anything good that you did appreciate about the area? St. Petersburg. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so also I went to, we because my grandma lived way down south of Russia, like southeast of Russia in a little town called Vixa. Vixa. And they have like, like no one had smartphones. <laughs> it's like this dirt road. Like it was like a town that had like no pavement. And they had like a little market, like my grandma's um, apartment, the ground was uneven. Like it was just like a very poor town, like a very, but no one gave a crap. Everyone's just kind of like, whatever, you know, we live here. It's fine. So that was very interesting to see. It was just so different from Moscow, obviously. And then, then we went up to St. Petersburg. We took a train. We took a train from like the World War II era train where there's like no standing so we had to be like horizontal the whole time on little beds and i was like sweating there was like no ac and it was just awful it was like very humid and gross 
And then, yeah, we arrived in St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg was gorgeous. Like, I highly recommend St. Petersburg. It was just such a different city, different vibe. There was a little bit, it feels like, it didn't feel like Russia. It felt like, and it was built by Italians, so that's probably why. So yeah, I had like a very like European vibe. It, very, it just felt like a different country. So you were in Moscow first mm-hmm. and then St. Petersburg after. Yeah. And you're like, what a difference. Yeah, huge difference. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like this place. Yeah. Hate Moscow. Yeah. Any other traditions or anything on your mind that, that are interesting that I should, that, that I would <laughs> that want to you know need about? To that I need practice. to know about. That I should uh, be aware of for, <laughs> if they ever come up in my life. Yes, yes. Um, or, or good foods that you remember growing up or I'm just mm. I love anything culturally that I yeah. don't know about oh my god you weren't at Russian night I missed Russian I night I just remember that I know okay I'm doing it again I, I want to do it again yes and I'll be there yes because that I because to- I was introducing a lot so that night I was introducing like how we eat at the table and we <laughs> the way um, that Talon likes to describe is like it's very intense. It's like a very intense experience because the flavors are very intense. And so there was, we have like um, this thing that I guess in the way you would translate it is like, like a drinking board thing where you have like a green onion, you have like thinly sliced or not sometimes not even thinly sliced garlic, raw garlic, salt to dip the garlic in. Um, then you have like this strong spicy mustard like it hits your nose it feels like wasabi it's like and then you have like rye bread and you have like some you could you could if you can afford it you have salmon roe and what else is there any kind of like topping for your bread and then you can just whatever else you're eating like a bunch of different salads or like a lot of pickled stuff too pickling huge huge tradition so yeah you can imagine there's like a bunch of different strong flavors and you will you will try this i will make sure of it and so you're just kind of sharing everyone's kind of you know you pile up your whole plate it's like just a bunch of random stuff and you let it touch i know a lot of americans don't like their food touching which i never understand (laughs) i never understood that but yeah everything's just like piling on each other just touching and just so much color and intensity and then the fun part is, is like you're eating that like spicy mustard and you just see everybody kind of like, like experiencing the spicy mustard. And then like you take it with shots of vodka if you wanted to. And the way the Russians drink it at our home growing up, they wouldn't take the shot like straight up, like all of it. They'd sip on it. They just like gulp, like sip on it. And I'm like, ew, how do you do that? No. <laughs> That's so disgusting. Yeah, I think food is a huge tradition, and like in most cultures, but in Russian too, sharing of food. The other day I went home to Woodburn, and one of my parents' friends that we grew up with and helped immigrate here, they stopped by out of nowhere. And this is common in like Russian friendships or houses. You have random friends showing up, showed up to drop off some vegetables they grew. It's very cute. And then my mom was, and my parents were like, yeah, come in, come in. They grabbed them plates, got like extra chairs to sit around the table, got them um, a shot of vodka and um, a plate full of food. And they're like, sit down, sit down and eat, 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 eat. Like they're like, no, 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 no. Like, no, no, no. Eat, 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 eat. No, 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 no. Eat, eat. And it's like until you, they give in to saying, okay, we'll eat. <laughs> they just stopped by, ate a plate of food. And they're like, okay, we should go. Okay, Bye. And that was it. That's amazing. So again, it's kind of like that Irish culture doing just being like, come in. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. We'll get you some food. All right. It's fine. Right. <laughs> it's like very welcoming. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of sad stories too. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's so, it's kind of, it's weird to hear about because like, I feel like we, you know, I guess are lucky and privileged in a lot of ways that we've, you know, grew up here and didn't don't have those kinds of stories, you know? Even like, well, we had nowhere else to go, and so we had to run here, and this and this and that. Like, my grandpa was born in China because his family fled Russia at one point, and so there's a lot of fleeing back and forth, like you were saying, um, just escaping things, which is just so weird. Like, I can't even fathom that because I don't even know what that would feel like. Right, and that's why I was wondering if you still had any, you know, connections to like Ukraine right now, because right. Of, you know it's got another time in history where people have to flee and 
can't stay in their mm-hmm. homes that they've been in their entire lives. And it's just so awful and sad to see that like this cycle just keeps repeating. It's wild. And like I first like my ignorant self <laughs> sort of like my ignorant side is being like, wow, I can't believe like we're experiencing this like today. Um, like the fact that there's like a war going on. I'm like, of course, like there's always war going yeah. on. And like, it's just, yeah, just getting hit with reality and being like, yep, yep, yep. This is, of course it's happening. It's been happening and it was quietly happening. It's also happening in a lot of other countries and we, you know, we don't pay attention to that ever. And like we choose to what we want to pay attention to these days. And, but yeah, it's just, it's mind boggling. And it's really sad that people in war have to, you know, flee their homes and aren't safe ever. You know, like they just, they aren't feeling safe. People in Ukraine, you know, people in, you know, other countries who've had to fled. Afghanistan, Afghanistan Iraq, ex- Sudan, oh, that, oh Yemen. God. I mean, just all those places that I wish. And yeah, I want to clarify that because you made a really good point. Like we are very privileged in that also we don't see that firsthand here a lot. And I wish I knew other people that were connected to those other countries mm that I haven't got a chance. So that was one reason I wanted to talk yeah. to you about it. Cause I just thought, you know, you may have this connection to it, but um, certainly not Ukraine being the only thing happening. Like sure. there is a lot of other shit going on in the world. Oh, yeah. And I just don't have any connections to that to be like, right. What are you experiencing? Like, what is, what right. is this for you? Right. And yeah, it's awful. It's, it is. Awful. It's, it is always happening. It's yeah, it is definitely not, Ukraine is definitely not a fresh new, you know, right. new it, thing. It felt that way because of the way it was covered, but it's yeah. <laughs> just like, wait, wait a minute. Like, no, uh, this is not new. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it is just just the way it all happened. And also like Putin's just such a scary ass person, like mm-hmm. such a fascist like asshole. <sighs> and that whole thing. Like that is like one thing in my family that is so frustrating cuz like my grandma will probably stick up for Putin. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she does now anymore, but like I remember having fights with my family about Putin like way back then when he, you know, he was doing other awful shit. Right. Yeah. And then like I just remember my dad also telling me he's like, "Yeah, I used to have to fight your grandma about communism." <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is so weird." <laughs> right. Well, turning it back to some happier stuff. It I got, also I, got like dark outside. Yeah, too. I did. <laughs> just starts <laughs> pouring down rain and clouds. The and... Irish and the Russian talking about. <laughs> As we wrap up, maybe you can teach me some more things. Teach Ooh. me, uh, teach me some Russian. <gasps> some okay. some cool phrases that we can all learn. That like also, if anybody's listening, that could like come up to you and say, and that you would appreciate having Please. having heard. <laughs> they just have to say it right. No, that's the big. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I've seen you teach people before, Russia. You're you're a. It's a totally different person when you're teaching improv. So supportive, so great. And then if they're trying to learn Russian and they do it wrong, then you become that Russian villain. Yes, like, yes. That's... The, the one you all want me to be. <laughs> no, you you have taught us really cool, and that's yeah. You've taught us like Russian card games. You've yeah. taught us so many cool things, and it's just it's one of the things I appreciate you about you is is hmm. having this person who is cultured in a different way and you know you are a unique person in your own right too but like you. you also bring this this cool element to the table that that we don't get to experience so thank you well thank you for being open to it too like i mean that you know takes people to be open to that and the willingness and want like wanting to learn so yeah i think that is a big factor so what would you be, what, what are some good phrases? What are some good, or words or something that we should well, one practice? Of my, yeah. One of my favorite words in Russian is chaika. Chaika. Which is, you know, it is a Chekhov play, which is seagull. It's just seagull. Seagull. And it's just, it, it's a, it's a fun, it's just a fun word, chaika, and it's easy to say. Um, I'm trying to think of phrases though. So next time I'm at the beach, I'll just be like, yeah. look at that flock of chaika. <laughs> what? Look at that flock of seagull. <laughs> Yeah, what is it plural? How do you do plural in Russian? <laughs> oh gosh, it's so Russian is so complicated. Yeah. Oh my god. Chaiki, I guess. Chaiki. I, I could be so wrong. All your Russian listeners are gonna be like, what is she saying? <laughs> I'll just stick to a single seagull. Chaika, yeah. Look at that chaika. Look at that chaika. And yeah. look at that chaika. <laughs> and look at all the chaikas. <laughs> 
Chiki is like, maybe? I don't know. You know what? I, I, the more I'm saying it, the, feel, the more I feel like I'm wrong about that. Okay. What do you want to learn? What do you want to know how to say? Common phrases somebody would use or like greetings. Sure. Or, yeah. Easy. Okay. So greetings, to say hello to somebody, you say privet. 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 I can't, I can't. You can't roll your eyes? I can't roll. Okay. <laughs> Privet. Privet. <laughs> now you're French. Yeah. <laughs> Privet. Um, Am I saying something completely different if I don't roll the, the R? Say it again. Say it again for me. <laughs> no, you say it again. No, you. <laughs> Privet. Privet. <laughs> you're saying pervert. <laughs> pervert. Per- pervert. <laughs> Privet. 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 You're getting that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. All right. Paka is bye. Paka. 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 Bye. Bye. Or dasudanya is the harder way. Dasudanya. Yeah. I feel like everyone knows that one. I've heard that one. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. The really hard Russian greeting is drastvitya. Drastvitya. Zdra. Say that again. Zdra. Zdra. Zdvoy. Zdvoy. Tia. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting that one. I'd be a terrible Russian teacher. I just like laugh at people. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Zdrastvoitya. Okay. <laughs> Drastvoitya. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're doing good. Uh, you're you doing you good. You don't have to lie to me. You're doing good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zdrastvoitya. You just got to be like really harsh. It sounds harsh. Yeah. And you have to hit your, like you have to emphasize. And like, that's the fun part of Russian language is like, if you put the emphasis on the wrong thing, on the wrong syllable, it becomes a different word. Oh, fine. Like writing, the word writing in Russian, pisat. Pisat. Or no, am I doing this wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The word writing in Russian, if you put the emphasis somewhere else, it's, it's, then it says you're peeing. Oh, nice. Like you're urinating. Cool. <laughs> it's yeah. Pisat, pisat is peeing. Pisat is to write. Pisat is peeing. Pisat is writing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I teach. <laughs> yes. I asked you for the important things, know, and you're yeah. giving it to me. <laughs> but it's yeah. So you, emphasis is so important in Russian. Um, when where you put it, and I remember my Russian teacher is always drilling that into us. Yeah. Hmm. Let's do one more. Okay, one more. And then I have a I have a specific one for you after that. Ooh, okay. That I'm gonna ask you to translate. Okay. Okay. Nervous. Okay. To say I love you. Mm-hmm. Um Ya Lublu. Ya Lublu. Ya Lublu. 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 Lu Blue. What is the first letter that I'm saying in that second it's word? It's an L. It's an it's L. It's like what my name. Uh, yes. People can't pronounce that in my name either. Le bleu. Le bleu. Oh, wow. That was really good. Oh, thank you. Um, ya le bleu tibia. Ya le bleu tibia. That was pretty good, Kyle. Oh, good thank, job. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. The last one I have for you is how to translate Are We Still Friends? Ooh. Me, Yesho Druzia. Okay. Break it down for me. 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 Yesho. Yesho. Druzia. 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 Me? Am I saying like, are we still pissing or something? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Me, Yesho, Druzia. Elena. Did I say it right? Elena. Elena. What am I messing up the most? Me? Me. Me? Me, Yesho, Druzia. Idris, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. All right, I'm gonna okay, get this. Okay, you you got this. I'm gonna get it. You just gotta say it confidently and say it as a question. You got. We're this. We're gonna be here for another hour. <laughs> Tells you like, how'd it go? Um, you just learned Russian the whole time. You just did a whole phrase. Okay. Me, Yeshu, Jozia. Good. Yeah, that's good. That was the best yeah, one. Okay. I think so. All right. Because you can't roll your R, so. <laughs> because you can't roll your R, so. Uh, yeah. And da. Oh. Мы еще друзья. How do I say thank you? Спасибо. Спасибо. Mm, тебе спасибо. Пожалуйста. I said you're welcome. So good. Yeah. My, my Russian is 
<laughs> Your Russian is stellar. It, yeah. A All right. <laughs> Thanks so much to our friend Yelena for sitting down with me today. If you want to become better friends with Yelena, find her performing improv around Portland and buy those tickets at impactimprov.com. Are We Still Friends is produced and edited by me, Kyle Coleman. Music provided by our friend, Jack Martin. Visit arewestillfriends.com to find more interviews with your favorite or new friends.